It's our first Christmas special. Ho ho ho, turkey brussels sprouts and all the trimmings. Welcome everyone and we hope you're having a very festive holiday period for those who celebrate. We decided to do a Christmas special in part because I really wanted to have my friend Richard Dallahay as a guest on because he is a big Christmas fan, a big Christmas music fan, whereas I'm a bit more bar humbuggy as you'll hear about in the episode. Fran, maybe somewhere in between, but he's also been traumatised by too many Christmas songs from working at HMV. So I wanted to get Richard on and I asked him to pick his top five overrated Christmas songs and top five underrated Christmas songs. And he's gone about it in a very interesting way in what he's decided is overrated and underrated. It's not necessarily just big songs and small songs. So we hope that wherever you are, whatever you're celebrating, you'll enjoy this special Tally Ho Ho Ho. Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? <laughs> Was it over underrated? Over underrated. Sous évalué. Overshets. Over underrated. Ho 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 ho. And welcome to a Christmas special of Over Underrated. This is I, Fran, and I'm not alone. I have my co-host Babs. How are you doing, Babs? Jingle bells and all that. Hello, Fran. <laughs> and indeed, welcome to our first Christmas special ever. We've done our best of 2022, but now we are bringing in the festive spirit. I am feeling perhaps particularly festive because I have unexpectedly had half a bottle of wine before starting the recording. What colour? Uh, with a friend. <laughs> red, white, rosé. <laughs> uh, red, Cotteron, 2020. Um, but I have, and I actually, because I bought some beer, especially for the recording, so I've got some local Brosses San Boniface beer. I actually had another beer, but that was 8%, and this is only 5.2, so I'm waiting for the effect of the alcohol to diminish before then hitting up the beers. So that's that's my festive feeling. How about you, Fran? Am I feeling festive? Um, I've wrapped all my presents, which is unusual at this point in the year. You, you've bought all your presents already? I bought, wrapped... I mean, that oh might God. show the diminishing returns of my family presence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now down to like four because we now do the whole, I'll transfer you £20 and then you transfer me £20, which is the Christmas spirit, isn't it? That's what you want to do. Uh, but honestly, so I have something like eight presents to buy. Really? It is, what day is it today? The 18th? I have bought none of them. I'm going to Portugal. I now am very much au fait with the shopping centres of Lisbon and the shopping areas. And, you know, for some people, it's easier to buy presents for than others, let's say. But before we get properly into the Christmas spirit and talk about some Christmas songs, Fran, what have you been listening to this week? I have been listening to a Swedish band called Ghost, Ooh. who are slightly metal, slightly more Fran, slightly more dangerous, okay? slightly more dangerous. Um, <laughs> but, like, they're metal via Kiss more than, like, metal okay. via, like, I don't know, Death norwegian sort of stuff so you know there's, burning churches there's, there's singing melody but with a heavy tint to it and you know I, I like all things swedish so i thought well let's check out some ghosts and therefore you know it's also linked to the christmas carol because there's ghosts in that obviously <laughs> of course keep... <laughs> uh, did you discover it on your scandinavian playlist or no no yeah. um i got reminded by a friend of a ghost and i thought yeah i remember ghosts so i gave him a check out and then literally pr- prior to this podcast i got linked to the new silver sun pickups uh, mm-hmm. christmas yeah. single which is this is sounding pretty good but i've only heard it once so i can't really give you too much than that we can't i can't bring it for discussion i can't give it a today. full judgment unfortunately after one play but how about yourself 
So I've been listening a lot to Wargasm ah. after your recommendation of Enter Shikari not featuring them, but featuring mm. them was another song on the album that you recommended for Best of 2022. Because it turns out it's one of those bands that I did know mm. and had saved previous songs. And because, as mentioned on Best of 22, I've also been in a medley kind of mood. That's been very fun. But uh, I'd also like to shout out Faux Real, which I've mentioned before, because they have been supporting Wet Leg in North America, I think. And I know them because they went to my school and their dad worked with my dad. (laughs) So it's very, very strange to see these kids, because they're younger than me, that, you know, supporting the biggest indie band in the world. And I think they're going to be on the rise. So keep, keep an eye out for them if you like fun indie electro pop. Yes, please. But we're not alone today, Fran. We have brought on the Christmasiest of guests. Let's uh, <laughs> say friend of the podcast and my friend, Richard Delahaye. Hello, Richard. Hello. Good evening. I- I'm not sure I can promise to be the most Christmassy of guests. But, uh... I mean, you're wearing a Christmas jumper, so you're already up <laughs> true, one on true, either true, of true. us. <laughs> and I'm I'm drinking mulled wine, so uh, oh. a glue wine, a bit of a bit of glog. Um, so... Standard or with other things chucked in there. Uh, a little bit of extra gin, um, very nice, orange and spices. So yeah, oh, very nice. Yeah. Homemade? Oh, of course, of course. Of N- course. Nice warming stuff. So uh... I should have got some avocado, really. To be fair, yeah. I'm just drinking Pepsi Max, so you know. I mean, <laughs> Christmas. one time out of two. <laughs> I mean, if, if I'm going to drink a sparkling drink, it should be Coca Cola because obviously yes. they are, they own Christmas, obviously, don't they? You know. Holidays are coming, but I, I introduced you as the Christmasiest of guesses because the, the reason why I wanted to have Richard on is because I think Richard is a Christmas lover. Is that correct? Um, Richard, yes. Can I call you that? On the whole, I'm I'm very, uh, very um, OTT when it comes to Christmas, not necessarily with decorations uh, mm-hmm. and not necessarily with the religious side, shall we say, which is probably <laughs> missing the point of, of... How dare you? So I'll say happy holidays. <laughs> but uh, no, I I love Christmas music as uh, as Babs can attest. Uh, she has been uh, subjected to my my love of uh, not Christmas too much, tunes. <laughs> not too much, thankfully. But uh, indeed, I have. But uh, I'm a bit more bar humbug when it comes to Christmas and. The Christmas playlist I have is literally called Bar Humbug, where it's full of kind of <laughs> alternative and grumpy Christmas songs, one of which is on your list, Richard. So I will okay. definitely come to that. But I think for me, as someone who always goes to Portugal for Christmas, on the one hand, it's nice because it's warmer than here. Oh my God, I am looking forward to temperatures above 10 degrees and sun. But because I'm not going, let's say, home to my parents' house, I'm going to Portugal, a place I don't visit very often. Christmas for me is often a time of running around like a lunatic, you know, doing the last minute Christmas shopping, seeing your grandparents, seeing your parents' friends, seeing all these things. So it's not usually a very relaxing time for me. And I think that's why I'm a bit allergic sometimes to people who are very like, oh, but Christmas is amazing. Or when you go into places on December the 1st and they're already playing Christmas music, I'm like, oh, this is just reminding me of all the life admin I still need to do. But that's me. How about you, Fran? Well, Christmas music um, destroyed me because I worked in retail for like nine years. Uh, so therefore, I had Now Christmas and everything other Christmas compilation on for 14 hours a day for I know, six weeks. So there's some songs on here that have given me uh, trauma. Um, <laughs> for... 
<laughs> Do we need to put a content warning on Maybe. this episode? Well, yeah, if you work in retail. <laughs> warning. Well, Richard ran a pub, so oh, I'm man. sure that some of these selections are born from that, right? Yes. So I, I was working in um, yeah pubs for about yeah eight, nine years. So probably the same uh, um, exposure as you, Fran, in terms <laughs> of uh, Christmas songs. But somehow I, I survived. And I don't know, like, there's definitely some that I, I can't stand anymore. But uh, no, on the whole, I just uh, I just feel like, I don't know whether we'd describe it as a genre Christmas music, because it's all over the place. Obviously, there's, you could do a list for R&B, jazz, rock, indie, metal. Mm. But in terms of, I guess it's one of the, the few genres that you'll only ever hear, like, a certain time of year, so... So it's kind of that thing that I kind of wait for the first of December, and I, because I because I'm a loser, I have a strict <laughs> rule about when I will listen to Christmas music, and that is from the first of December until the the King's Day, so the the twelfth day of Christmas, uh, in the UK, and then I'm I, I'm not one of these these people that stops listening to it after Christmas Day. Because that always confuses me as well. People like you'll you'll hear it on the radio religiously until the twenty fifth, and then Boxing Day, it stops, which I never <laughs> quite understand. But uh, yeah, so uh, I survive. Well, maybe you're more religious than you like to think. You know, you're like you're you're following the twelfth <laughs> day of Christmas to the letter. You know. <laughs> do you dabble with Ramageddon at all, Richard? We do. Yes, actually, we that's uh, that's where that we got started chatting about this because we did it last. Yep last year i think me me and you babs right we did and it quite ironically when we were at the german christmas market in aachen we were talking about it and as we were talking <laughs> about it a cover version came on and i was like hang on a minute am i hallucinating because it was but it was a cover version so i i haven't listened to it yet but i think richard you lost very early this year if i remember correctly i think i i think i messaged you back start of november late october because yeah. i was listening to um spotify um and uh and it came on as an advert and i was just like oh. <laughs> i i hadn't even considered doing it but you know what i've not I, i'm not playing it but i don't think i've heard it because i've not been into any shops yet so right. it would be strange if it suddenly appeared in my house for no reason so so far i'm doing all right as a hermit but yeah but, <laughs> but it's a great song i mean you know i enjoy listening to it i think there's i think even soul wax to the cover didn't they babs did they? I think. I think. Oh, I, I didn't know. Did this. they? I, I might have just imagined that. I, I, oh my I quickly, god! Quickly check. <laughs> I have to look this up if it's true. But I think because again, very often I do my Christmas shopping in Portugal, where it does feature, but it won't feature as as heavily as in English speaking places for sure. I think last year I didn't hear it at all, and so far, you know, like yeah. I said, it's the eighteenth of December, and. And I've missed it. But yeah, that is quite funny, Richard, that not only was it on Spotify, but it wasn't even on a playlist. It was on an advert. Yes, yes. It was, I, I think it was advertising a playlist. So their algorithm is down, clearly, if, if I heard They it. know yeah. you. <laughs> they know you. It's not on Spotify, but yet, so I've covered last Christmas. Well, okay. I know what I'm going to be As yeah. well as uh, Future Islands has done one recently as well. Oh, that would be good. For I'll, your alternative I'll check that out. Wham. <laughs> I love it. We're already recommending music to each yeah. other before we even got into <laughs> Richard's playlist. So maybe we should get into Richard's playlist. Overrated. Yeah, Richard, how did you 
come up with the with these plays what did you decide how did you interpret overrated and underrated yes right so let me begin with the fact that these aren't necessarily overrated underrated i may have misunderstood the point of your your podcast completely <laughs> but um to be honest like when, when, yeah when we were chatting about this i mean i I just have a problem, clearly. There's there's some <laughs> issue with Christmas music where I'm normally quite like jaded about certain genres of music and, and stuff like that. But for me, like some songs that I assumed I would have to put on the list because I thought would be overrated, I listened to them and I was like, actually, that's it's not that bad. So um I've gone for a kind of mix of of just plain bad. Mm-hmm plain bad and uh overrated songs so it's it's kind of bad overrated good underrated mm-hmm. um okay. but I'll 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 try and uh, explain my thinking as I go through it um and actually there are a few on there that I assumed would be on the the shortlist and actually in the end I kind of either warmed to them or had gone off them so that's the fun thing about doing this exercise yeah. you know like uh I literally just before this record responded to a tweet because someone was like how do people come up with their best songs of 2022? Like, that's too difficult. And I literally responded being like, well, me and Fran had a long list and then whittled it out. I mean, your long list, Fran, was 500. Mine was 60. So I think definitely easier for me than than for you. But uh, yeah, when, when, when you really have to break it down, especially when it's five, yeah, you really... You really discover your true colors. So, what's your first true color, <laughs> So, uh, well, we'll start off with just uh, it's probably I don't know. Some people might overrate it. Uh, for me, it's just plain bad. Uh, I'm gonna mm-hmm. go as Cliff Richard, uh, Mistletoe and Wine. Um, I'm. It was a tough choice because it was Millennium Prayer or Mistletoe oh. and Wine because he really is. Yeah. When it comes to Christmas, I'm not sure he's uh, he's definitely not the the king of Christmas. Can I just ask, say. does he exist outside of the UK? I don't really think so. Well, maybe as the shadows, maybe, you okay. know, old Cliff Richard, but not, wasn't Cliff not Richard. The, I don't uh, think so. The swaying arms tennis. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like in terms of like vintage Cliff Richard I've got no no beef with Cliff Richard whatsoever but when it comes to his Christmas output um yeah it's it's always uh it's always a fail for me I just feel like mistletoe and wine in particular is just one of those super slow drudgy Christmas listens for me actually the 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 biggest trauma around Christmas is always flashing back to being at school and having some kind of like Christmas Fair or Chris Dingle, which is another weird thing that I think is okay. Doesn't exist. I lived house. in the UK from six till thirteen, and ne- I only found out about Chris Dingle from the James A. Caster <laughs> comedy yeah. special. So you had that? Yeah, our school had it too. Yeah. yeah oh yeah, wow, yeah. my C of E school authority did not. No, I mean Chris Dingle. You're singing um, hymns rather than rather than Christmas songs, but then you've got kind of the the Christmas raffle the school fairs thing so you end up listening to that kind of endless cycle of you've got you've got your slades in there you've got your cliff richards you've got your uh wizard you've got like all the all the uh the really old schools but yeah no this one is is a particularly slow and also actually if you listen to the lyrics of this song they're they're pretty lazy they're they're, Mm -hmm. they're kind of very uh 
I, I, I just don't understand some of them, to be honest. I'm pretty sure he says at some point gifts on the tree rather than <laughs> gifts under the tree. Well, I don't know if come it... on, Cliff. Well, well, me and Matt Crosby from Puppies, <laughs> we have a, a thing in common, and that is the Christmas present on the tree. It's called a tree present. So on Boxing right. Day, that you literally have a small gift in the in a branch and you take it out. But it turns out that only me and Matthew Crosby do that. Apparently, <laughs> I thought everyone did it. And, and and my friend Anwin, I think she has tree presents as well. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's with her family in Southampton, which is next to you. But yeah, so Fran, does that does mistletoe and wine simmer up similar memories? Uh, well, I mean, I was alive when it was uh, number one, um, so I remember it being. So on... so are we? To be fair, we're not. What, what year? <laughs> actually, what year was it? What year was it? Was it I thought it was like ninety one. Ninety one. For some reason, I thought it was like 88, okay. but not that recent? <laughs> well, it, I've got that it's from the album Together with Cliff Richard, and that's from 1991. Yep. Which has a truly disturbing cover on the EP as well. Cliff Richard is putting oh. a, a truly a cringe, cringe-worthy face. He's looking uh, at one with oh, his spirit. I'm looking at it now. He <laughs> is coming hard. <laughs> I've just checked, and Cliff didn't write the song. So okay. we, can't blame, we can't blame him for the lyrics. Okay. Um, I take it bla- back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's like a hallmark Christmas song, isn't it? It's got, you know, the choir boys singing and every cliche tick box for a Christmas song. It's full yeah. of joy, but, in, but it feels like a sin to listen to it. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's overly catchy. It's woeful. Um, I listen to it to... to and that to replay it, but at one minute fifty-two, it sounds like there's somebody drowning while singing. <laughs> Maybe of wine, I don't know. But yeah, if you ha- if you forward to one minute fifty-two, please explain what's happening in the background. One minute okay. fifty-two. Okay. Th- those were not my notes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean for me, it's it's just that the only the only good thing I could think of about the song was that the I do like the trumpet. There's a good little. <laughs> Trumpet solo, but I'm not so keen on the harmonica. At least I think it's a harmonica. <laughs> there's there's quite a few instruments thrown into the mix. Yeah, lots going um, on. And including the cre- the very creepy intro with the it's a very kind of child's music box style. Mm. Sounds like something out of a horror film to begin with. So, I actually enjoyed that because I I think I've been less traumatized than you. I'm obviously less British than either of you, but I don't think I'd ever heard this song all the way through. It's, it's one of those with Christmas songs sometimes where you know the chorus and that's it. So it has this kind of, I've, I've written a synth xylophone beginning and I was like, okay, I don't mind that. And I also wrote Richard that I like the brass, I like the timpani and I like the bells. But my God, yeah, is the chorus is repetitive, insipid. And I really dislike the way he just goes, children singing Christian rhyme. Yeah. There's just too... Too much of a is it a plosive? It's a phrase, it's a phrase that no one's ever heard before. No one's ever said Christian rhyme. Christian, <laughs> Christian rhyme. Yeah, I mean he's really making the point there. Like it's not about sinning; it's Christmas. But there's also some very str- going back to the lyrics. Okay, we can't blame Cliff for the writing, but uh, at some point I think he says, "Follow the master." And then hours for the taking. It's like some. Is there some kind of cult message <laughs> woven into mistletoe and wine? I don't know. Wouldn't surprise me, <laughs> but I I do think um I do think there are worse songs than this one. But again, going on the fact that you know Fran worked to, in record stores and you worked in um, catering, 
I'm sure that this is a song that if you hear it over and over again, it is a bit traumatizing because, as you say, it's quite slow as well, right? It's not the mm. upbeat Christmas fun time. It's strange, isn't it? For like a joyous time of the year, there's so many depressing slow Christmas songs. Like it's yeah. quite rare to have an up tempo Christmas song. So when you got like the um the is it the the wrapping or Christmas Christmas wrapping by the waitresses? Yes, yeah, it's like it's song. like oh fantastic and up. I mean, they had Slade, Wizard, Bat, and Band Aid, and that was about it. But most of them are kind of quite low tempo, like low tempo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> quite low tempo. Yeah. <laughs> low tempo. I mean, it's kind of strange. It's yeah. Like a happy time, but so many depressing songs. Well, I guess it's meant to be that time where like you slow down a bit, like chestnuts roasting on an open mm, fire, etc. Uh, and I guess it depends if you're in a cold country or a hot country, right? Like I always think it must be wild to spend Christmas somewhere like Australia, where mm. you know it's it's very warm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think this song does match with that. It does match with the whole having a mince pie, eating too much, drinking too much sherry, and just sitting in front of the Christmas telly. So my second pick is uh, "Do They Know It's Christmas," um, and I've gone for the Band Aid Thirty version. Um, specifically because I I just did not realize they had carried on doing them for so long. I knew about Band-Aid 20. Yep. Um, but yeah, the fact that there was another one in 2014 kind of, yeah, blew my mind. I, I, I knew that do they, um, this song was going to be on there. Um, and then I gave it a listen. And I was like, yeah, this is definitely more egregious than than the than either of the, the originals. And... Um, I mean, I'm on board with the intent, but uh, yeah, it's it's a hard hard tune to stomach for me every time. I feel sorry for Band Aid too, which is kind of like a dirty secret. It came out in 1989, and it's like the Stock Aiken Waltman version with like Bross and like Jason Donovan and Sonia, and it's never played and never played at all. Seriously, there's people out there, there's people out there who did not know it exists, and I was like, to, I am one of them. Yeah, I remember on YouTube it's buried. So you really, you've got to really search out for Band Aid Two from 1989. Okay, interesting. Is Bono on that no, one as no, well? No, even Bono didn't bother. Because <laughs> I was going to say Bono's on all of them. I'm pretty sure he just he just keeps on reaching out to touch people, even when you don't want him there. You know, it's it's amazing. Oh well, that's the clip for social media <laughs> immediately. That was that was a controversial thing, wasn't it? Because this was the first time they changed the lyrics. Yeah. Of the song. Um people are, oh you can't do that. But um what's strange is like Sinead O'Connor being in it is the most random thing, is it? Like out of all the people, like, okay. Shouldn't she have been in the nineteen eighty nine version or whatever? <laughs> but yeah. Band aid, as a Drand Rand fan, would be in my top five Christmas songs. So there's a foundation of a great song. So I I, I find it hard to hate it because I do love the song, but obviously it is a weird, strange version and yeah, I mean, I like One Direction. Um, um, Bastille, will people remember them in 10 years' time? Who knows? I think I prefer the Dizzy Rascal 20-year 20, 20 anniversary version. Yeah, this is pretty rubbish. Um, yeah, I think, it, I think it goes original 2004, 1989, and then this one. <laughs> I do feel like there's a good, I don't know, quiz or drinking game there somewhere for, like, guessing who sings which line because yeah. some of the voices leap out to you and you're like I, I know that voice but I can't quite place it because it's been a few years now and as you say like whoever's on trend in 2014 isn't necessarily exactly who lasts that's what's fascinating about this song because 
I, you know, I try and be open-minded with music, but I do think generally, I, I don't know, 2011 to 2015 was not a good time for pop music. And so many of the people here, I am so indifferent to, like Emily Sunday and Annie Goulding and Rita Ora. And yeah, I, I thought this was a really good pick, Richard, because yeah, it's it's so breathy. You know, I think it's that kind of vocal style where I think it started around that time and now it's gotten to the 2020s where it's like even more like kind of singing. And especially Eddie Golding and Rita Ora sound so off in this song. It's like everyone's just singing normally. Then Rita Ora at one point just shouts and you're like, whoa, there, lady, calm down. And Eddie Golding doing her thing. I'm just like, oh, no, this is uh, this is quite irritating. But yeah, I also didn't know this was the first time that they changed the lyrics. But, you know, Richard, you say you can't question the sentiment. I think you very much can (laughs) question the sentiment because, like, I can understand the sentiment back in the 80s. But to the fact that in 2014, they're changing the lyrics to bring peace and joy this Christmas to West Africa. Well, not every West African country is Christian, first of all. So it's like, oh, what are people thinking at Christmas? It's like, well, some of them don't even celebrate it. Did you know that, guys? <laughs> but they're so happy to be touched by Bono, though, aren't they? <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, I you know, fair play that they made this for, you know, always it's for charity and this, this particular one was for Ebola. But I just... I just think, and actually, so coincidentally, I've been listening to a lot of Desert Island Dicks, the podcast, which mm-hmm. I'm sure you know, Fran. And Skin picked the original, Skin from Skunkanansi picked the original as her least favorite song to be stuck on an, <laughs> an island with for for very similar reasons. Because she's just like, yeah, what is this? Like, oh, and, and, and she said very similar things of like, it's one thing at Christmas, but if you're stuck on a desert island and this is the only song you can listen to, imagine, yeah. you know? So, uh, so yeah, I think this was a really well-placed pick. And I mean, it was fun to watch the video and quite randomly to see like <laughs> Alfie Days and Joe Sugg and Zoella there, which is like clearly just like bringing in the the youth. But yeah, totally pointless for me. I just find the lyrics very muddled as well, because it kind of starts off like saying like, we're going to keep people safe at Christmas. And then by the end, you're basically just fearing for your life you're like what's 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 gonna happen at christmas i just want to eat and oh yeah i mean <laughs> it's it's not but it's nice to see major every 10 years um it is nice allowed to, see out I agree. to meet people <laughs> oh hello major it's been a while so what's your third pick richard um right so now we're getting into uh overrated territory and this one's like so i've gone for wonderful christmas time but specifically the shins version purely because i don't get why so many people rate this one over the original because i i i get they they've taken the synth they've added a drum but beyond that i really don't i don't get it and i actually quite like the original i i think it's like a nice little encapsulation of of that time period where you couldn't separate Paul McCartney from his synthesizer and he was just like mm-hmm. sat in a room just playing with his synth which is not a euphemism by the way um, <laughs> but um yeah so so I like the uh, like the original I like the shins um but I just I just feel like this is one of those kind of th- one of these tracks that cr- always crops up on those alternative Christmas lists mm-hmm. you know you, Christmas music is crap but not if uh, not if covered by uh, by bands that you that you like and they don't tweak that much. But obviously that's my opinion. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure you guys will have your your own opinion. Did you know this song, Fran? This version? Yeah, because like what you said, I 
am a person who will put on the indie Christmas playlist. <laughs> I think it's a bit flat. And yeah, it's got some extra percussion, like a, a muddy bass line. Apart from that, they haven't really done anything to it, really. I mean, I think the fact that it's called The Shins means people go, oh, wow, it's a cool band doing something, you know? But like, haven't we added anything at all to it, to, to be fair? Um, so yeah, it's 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 quite forgettable, um, this version. I can see why you put, popped it on the list. I didn't know this song, and I actually enjoyed it. I, I do like the original, but I thought this was a nice take. I don't think it's better. Uh, and I'm not particularly a Shins fan because I will unfortunately forever associate them with Manic Pixie Dream Cole Natalie Portman in Garden State um but yeah do, I mean I guess you guys know that this comes from an album or at least title told me it comes from an album called Christmas Rules from 2012 which has a load of US indie darlings doing covers so there's Eleanor Friedberger there's Rufus Wainwright and Sharon Van Etten duetting um uh, fun Jack Antonoff so Brad I think it's quite up your street not so much up mine but this song I yeah I I, I really enjoyed it, and I added it, Richard, Richard to my Bad Humbug playlist as a, as a new song to listen to. So in uh, in that respect, it kind of backfired. So I thought, <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. But again, I, I don't, because I'm not a Christmas song obsessive, yeah, I haven't heard this over and over again. I think either version, this one or the Paul McCartney one, on repeated listens would be very annoying. But yeah, for this, I enjoyed well, it. For me, it's on there just purely because I don't think it's different enough to warrant being... Cool. A good song. Like, you know, it's it's one of those covers. Oh, but it's the that... Shins. Richard, True. can I introduce you to this band called The Shins? True. Let me pass you over my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that that's why it's there. It's it's something mm-hmm. that I've just like it's it's not it's not better. It's not worse because they, they... It's it's not different enough. Yeah. They they've saying. taken out yeah. the synth and re- replaced it with a, a more kind of um obvious dr- drum track. Uh, whereas the drums in the the original aren't aren't that bad, but they're they're drowned out by synth, shall we say? <laughs> well, I mean, Fran and I don't normally mind drowned out by synth, but uh, that <laughs> sounds like a good band name. Yeah, drowned out by synth. Yeah, now we go, Fran. It's all yours. I <laughs> give to you I this will, Christmas. I'll play some one finger uh, keyboard songs. <laughs> <laughs> Stand there very sternly. Yeah. With makeup a la Nick Rose, so, right? Sorry to keep going off, off tangent, but what is the best Christmas cover of like of like a classic song? Because there's quite a lot of these indie bands that have have, yeah, uh, have, have tried. Uh, I quite like the bottom front spree doing um, "Wars Over." I think that's that's a decent cover. But is there anyone yeah. that you think is better than the, the original? Like better than you know Wham or better than you know Slade or whatever. Mm, I'm not sure about better, but I definitely we were talking about Christmas wrapping earlier. Mm. Is, is that the song? Christmas wrapping. Um, yeah, there's there's also a version. I think it's Kylie and Iggy Pop. Oh, that is quite fun. I'm not sure it's better, mm. but just the the kind of added gravelliness, graveliness, graveliness <laughs> of uh, of Iggy um, it kind of adds something to it. It's a bit more kind of. Um, playing on the the bar humbugness of the tune itself shall we say cool well i think one of the songs that richard has on is underrated might have that title mm-hmm. so i will uh withhold my my opinion until then i've genuinely i gen- genuinely <laughs> forgotten what, what you're talking about so i'm gonna be intrigued when we get to it. i'll be like oh that's excellent <laughs> yeah 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 don't worry that's uh my skill as a podcaster i will bring it back at the what's end what's your next pick richard Yes, next pick. Um, so uh, we're going for another another cover, Baby It's Cold Outside, mm-hmm. but by uh, She and Him. Um, 
being Zoe Deschanel and Matthew Ward, I think is. I think it's called M Ward as a as a as an indie musician. M Ward. M Ward. Oh no, I've I've blown his alias. <laughs> oh my god. I hope, he, I hope he's not deeply. He's going to get so many emails now. <laughs> M Ward at Hotmail dot com. So play Matt Ward at Hotmail dot com. Um, but yes, so um, Baby It's Cold Outside, a tune in itself, which is rife with uh, problematic issues and controversy recently. Um, but this is another one that um, definitely between, shall we say, for want of a, a, a better year, like 2001 through to 2015 was just rife with the, the hipster, hipsterization mm-hmm. of, of Christmas and tunes and um, anyone could pick up a ukulele and 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 make a tune more more easy listening. You've never sounded so old. Yeah, Richard. I know, I know. And I even went through that period where I was adamant I wanted to learn the ukulele, and then realised that I'm shit at learning musical instruments. Uh, so I gave it up. Yeah, that's why I've picked them. I mean, I I've got nothing against the band per se. But they've got a few tunes I actually like, mostly from kind of their their earlier years. Um, but it's just one that's kind of a, a Venn diagram of of hipsterization mm-hmm. versus uh, troublesome tunes. Uh, the one the one positive I have to say about it is that they've switched the uh, mm-hmm. the the traditional uh, gender stereotype, shall we say? But I'll... although it's still dodgy grounds, isn't it for a song? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter who's slipping <laughs> extra things into your drink. It's it's yeah. still gonna... and you know what. <laughs> I learned from researching this, I had no idea, but traditionally the the song is a call and response duet and the host is called Wolf and the guest is called Mouse. And I'm like, oh, that is so, <laughs> that is so wrong. No problems um, there. Absolutely no, no problems issues. There. How, old, how old is it? Is it like a 50? 2011. No, I mean like the original version of this song. I think it's like 40. I think it's another one of these songs that is from a film originally, mm-hmm. uh, like White Christmas, like a few other uh, standards. And it's just, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I'm a sucker for good old, like good old songs. The, the rhythm is great. Like it's, it's a catchy tune. Once again, really mm. kind of gets you in the mood. But yeah, when you start analyzing the, the lyrics... It's, uh, but it's... also, Karis and and Tom Jones did a better. That's cover. sadly the first one, first version I heard. True. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> That's yeah. But um, yeah, I, I don't like any version. I think of this song. <laughs> <laughs> I just find it a bit too teasing. Like, hey, baby, it's cold outside. Da, 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 da. And I just imagine like guys in the sixties with their velvet jackets, like you know, walking around their apartment, imagining that they're seducing some girls or something. Oh dear. Um, yeah. So although you know, I do quite like Zoe and then Ward. This doesn't do it for me. I had heard this version before, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I, I find the whole song not for my taste, unfortunately. See, musically, I actually really like this song, but this is a terrible, terrible version, I think. So a great pick, Richard, because it doesn't feel like a call and response. Like with with any other version I've heard, it really feels like a man and a woman duetting. This feels like two people recorded it in different locations. They constantly overlap on each other. And it's very, again, I've said this word before, but insipid. You know, the guitars are very uninspired and this isn't at all my kind of music to begin with in the in the first place. So yeah, I would say that this is easily the least favorite of the of the ones you picked, Richard. And and yeah, in the Christmas Rules album that I mentioned for 
Wonderful Christmas Time, Rufus Wainwright and Sharon Van Etten. That's the uh, song they duetted on. Uh, I haven't listened, but I imagine that's better. Yeah, I, I then thought, what's happened to Zoe? I've not seen her, heard from her for a long, long time. Is she, is she okay? What's, what's, what's she happening? <laughs> is she okay? Zoe? Zoe, are you, are you right there? Let us know. Because like, us she was know. one of the people who was literally everywhere, you know, she's doing music yep. and TV and films. And like, yeah, well, yeah, what, what happened to Zoe? <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why she was just like, I, I've literally done everything. I've recorded songs. I've been everywhere on TV and films. Um, I mean, I have to say that Elf is a Christmas favorite film of mine. So, so I mean, Zoe Deschanel for Christmas. <laughs> okay. But with the, I'd say the laid back tempo of the ukulele in this, this track, it's, it's a bit, yeah, insipid. Definitely. Mm. Um, apparently, um, talking of, we were talking about changing lyrics earlier. Mm. Um, apparently, mm-hmm. there's a version by John Legend and Kelly Clarkson where they changed. I have read about that the one. lyrics, so I, I haven't given it a listen. John Legend's uh, "Silver Bells" is a recent, uh, recent like of mine. I quite enjoy that that Christmas song. It's very ballsy, very balls to the wall. So bringing it back to yes. your final pick, Richard, on the other Final list. pick. Now, this is going to probably be a controversial choice. And, and apologies if I mispronounce anything here, by the way. So I'm going for Feliz Navidad, the original. I think you pronounced the D, right? I'm not sure. Feliz Navidad. That one. Um, so the original by Jose Feliciano? Yeah. Puerto Rican singer? Yes. This is one of those ones that I think is a result of working in the in the bars and and hitting up shops and there's something about it that I just can't get on board with and and actually when I was putting together this list I was like this doesn't just sound as Christmas has to be Anglo-Saxon kind of stuff because it's really not um I, I I was trying to think of a kind of a similar track that I like and there's a the Torero band, there's, they do a particularly good version of Good King Wenceslas, which is quite upbeat. Um, but yeah, for me, Feliz Navidad is just one of those that, once again, it's catchy. You know, you're not mm-hmm. going to get away from this song without humming it. But it's just the original in particular. It's just got a, a very dated feel to it that I can't quite get on board with. And I don't know if this is going to lead to more discussion, but there's definitely a kind of dated Eurovision feel to it, I feel like, especially <laughs> when, like, like mm. because it, it, it always, like, it always feels, to me, older than it actually is. I think it's 70s, mm. but it kind of almost feels like late 60s in a way. It's quite... I mean, it's 1970, so it's... Uh, yeah. Borderline. It's... Uh... So, Fran, have you been traumatised? Do, do you know what? I, I swear I hear this in films. But I was confused. I've always heard the ba-da-da-da in, like, films. But I don't think I've ever got to the chorus. I was like, oh, wow. I wasn't expecting uh, yeah, that to come out. So, yeah, it's way too cheesy for my liking. And, yeah, the, the whole whatever, whatever, I don't even, even say the, the, the hook. Yeah, that snappy bit, dance. yeah that, that's that's as annoying as Mr. Toe and mine, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's a no for me. But I do like the ha-ha section when someone randomly laughs. I don't know why. I don't know what he's laughing at, but you know, I'm, I'm glad he's having a good time. <laughs> he's happy yeah. over Christmas, isn't he? Um, 
So I will start by saying that I cannot hate a man who did the song El Tango de Roxanne from Moulin Rouge because that's that's who this guy is and that's a great song. I, but I was shocked to see he has over 22 million monthly listeners and he's the 104th artist in the world wow. on Spotify. Is it made of a song? Or? Which, yes, probably. Uh, it, it's uh. not just a song, no, but this is the thing. I think Puerto Rican artists, they occupy a very particular space, don't they? Because Puerto Rico is part of the US. The US has a lot of Spanish speakers, and I think the music that they produce is, you know, goes beyond the borders. And this song is obviously in Spanish and English, and he wrote it, you know, I was reading about it, how these these like conservative radio hosts used it and like parodied it to make fun of Mexican immigrants. And he was Ooh. like, This is not at all what I use this song for. This is like a love letter to the two nations that I love. Uh, and they they had to apologize and stuff. Um, and that's why it's in English and Spanish. So because I haven't been traumatized by by this song, I don't think it's that bad. I don't think his voice is great, especially when the, I want to wish you, you're like, okay, dude, chill out. But I quite like the guitar. I quite like the brass and I quite like the strings. But I can imagine because it's, it is really a kind of earwormy song. It really gets, I mean, it's three notes, like, and even the, I want to wish you. If you have to listen to that more than once in a day, I can understand, Richard. I can understand. <laughs> it's... You know, I I hope this is this, was, this, this wasn't played in in H and V. This wasn't on any compilations I had personally. I, I think I've only ever heard it in American films. How about you, Richard? Was this played on at work or? So it's it's definitely a song that is not. I mean, in the UK, mm. they have a myriad of Christmas songs. You know, I feel like there's there's so many that you're you're not gonna look across uh, across the sea for for more tunes. But uh, like it, I think so. I remember working with um, a few Spanish colleagues, and I think they introduced me to this song, and it somehow made its way onto our kind of like Christmas background music in the pub. Right. Um, and yeah, it's you're right. It's just so catchy. It's just so cheesy as well. And it's it's one of those songs that I really can't. I always imagine him kind of doing a kind of a jaunty like sachet from side to side a smile like just a kind of Richard Cheese levels of staring at the camera and just like uh sp like sparkling teeth as you as you smile you're you're so right on the Eurovision <laughs> shout out yeah. you are so correct this would have been absolutely perfect but he's Puerto Rican you know True. it's uh it's not True. gonna happen yeah it would be disqualified <laughs> but and, and actually for me that like I would prefer it if there was no English, because I think it's that refrain, that like little bit of English that kind of tips it over into the soupy cheesiness. I don't know what it is. Mm. I don't know why, but it just really, and you can hear it's a really well-produced song. I think there's just like lots of layers, but it just kind of falls flat. But maybe it's just, maybe it's just the era and I'm just not on board with <laughs> Puerto Rican Cheese from the nineteen seventy, <laughs> and that's that's okay, Richard. That's okay. Yeah, we forgive you. I just want to add one thing. I'm not against the song necessarily because I think that it has been improved on. There are definitely some good covers. Uh, one one of the uh, one of the uh, Christmas humbugs that I thought I would be raising would be uh, the Michael Bublé, the Bubble Man himself. As as a general rule, as a general yeah. rule, um, but actually mm. his his version of Feliz Navidad was actually, yeah, it's actually, I couldn't pick that one. 
Um, the man has a voice that's the smoothest butter. I, I just can't hold it against smooth. him, unfortunately. Too smooth. Um, Bab, Babs <laughs> asked me for some some underrated, some overrated tracks. And as yeah. a guy who's been haunted by Buble every Christmas for eight years, <laughs> I put down a Buble. <laughs> Buble and Bon Jovi's version of Fatal of New York. <laughs> Where he sings both, the, where he forget? sings the both both versions, the male and female part, because because Bon Jovi does not share with anybody else. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, check out our Bon Jovi episode to hear more about that. Yeah, so Richard, I I said to a friend like it might be good for us to come up with at least one overrated and underrated just to show our taste. So it was a difficult one, but I went for it's the most wonderful time of the year by Andy Williams, because it is saccharine as hell. I cannot identify with the statement. The only thing that makes me smile is the fact that he talks about having gay happy meetings. <laughs> well, yes, That was the song I put down but, but, but my, by Michael Bublé. So same song. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, so, so saccharine. Yeah, that, that was my, my top overrated. But it's just so presumptuous, right? I mean, just to pre- it's almost as bad as Band-Aid, you know? You can't just tell everyone it's the oh, most for me, wonderful worse. time. <laughs> For me, worse because at least with Band Aid, there's a bit of a build to the annoying chorus. Whereas this, from the beginning, you're like, "Oh, shut up, Andy! Yes, you did. You're just too good to be true." But shut up. <laughs> Leave Band Aid alone. It's the closest Duran 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 got to Christmas number one. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know that. I mean, I, I was thinking, like, are we ripe for another one? And God, I yeah, really two more, hope not. Two more years have... until we're... Yeah. Like, I, I believe in the power of Midge at Year and Bob Geldof to come up with something new. <laughs> come on, guys. I mean, to be honest, they could have rolled one out during lockdown, right? Oh, can you imagine? It would have been... I was going to say, can you imagine? Because it would have been like that Imagine, that very, <laughs> very cringe Imagine cover version. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, well, we've talked about overrated obviously there's nothing to analyze here like i i think this was a very good selection of songs which is from the you know more mainstream ones to more obscure so i'm very intrigued to get into your your underrated pick ho 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 it is i santa fran and i'm here to wish all of our guests from season five a very happy christmas and of course our listeners in season five we had a matthew crosby George Furley, Mike Clash, Paula Wiseman, ha 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 ha, a very festive name, Dr. Becky Alexis Martin and Annie Gretarix, Daniel Belquist, and of course, Richard Delahaye. Happy New Year, happy Boxing Day, and a happy podcast to you all. And now for part two. Ho 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 ho. Underrated. So, Richard, what are your underrated picks for us today? What are you so, starting with? Once again, I'm not sure this song is underrated. I think I'm going to be interested to hear your opinions. I think it's kind of universally beloved. Um, but I'm going with um, Christmas Baby Please Come Home um, by Darlene Love, which is the original from the uh, the film, the Phil Spector album, um, A Christmas Gift for You which I always confuse because there's also a busted album, which I think is called A Christmas Present for Everyone. Fran is going to be so happy with <laughs> that busted reference. Busted is not on the <laughs> list, unfortunately. So oh. uh, I can't remember any of the songs from that album. I just always remember the uh, the title, A Present for, for Everyone. <laughs> but no, we're talking about Christmas Gift from You. Is it not A Christmas Gift from Phil Spector? 
Uh, well, everyone wants a Christmas gift from Phil Spector, right? <laughs> oh, it's a Christmas gift for you from yep. Phil Spector. That's the name of the album. I so. Okay, I there think we go. So. I mean, they I don't might want any have gifts like from Phil Spector. Thank you. Yeah, they might have retroactively like got rid of the Phil Spector part, you know, since uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, this is like the album's just crazy in terms of like it's just so upbeat. It's really wall of sound just everything's dialed up to 11 on this album um but the song the darlene love song um baby please come home is just it's 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 amazing it's just it's great like everything about it is just perfect um yeah uh, there's not much i can say really it's just infectious and also while i was thinking like while i was going through my christmas songs i realized that i i either Christmas songs for me have to be either just completely, completely joyous, just no cynicism whatsoever, complete sincerity, or with a deep, deep tone of melancholy. And this kind of does both because at first, like you listen to it and like, it sounds like everyone's having a great time, but then you actually listen to the lyrics and it's just like, it's actually quite, yeah, quite melancholy. Bells of St. Mary on the album, also a, a, um, a second choice for me another good song but uh yeah so darling love what did you guys think it was always interesting at work because like so this was like the christmas album that we enjoyed and playing but i did find it interesting how we had previously removed every gang of glitter and not profits <laughs> album but a murderer go with it it's christmas so i thought what well, <laughs> Why is okay to sell a murderer? It's the producer, That's right? Allowed. I mean, yeah, it's not like his singing. His name's not in the in the title. Give the album a listen because it ends with a particularly creepy, uh, like sign-off from Phil Spector, where he basically wishes everyone a Merry Christmas, but in a murderous voice. So if they didn't know back <laughs> then, <laughs> but yeah, murdering, we love it about uh, Christmas time in H and V. Uh, but yeah, anyway, yeah. So yeah, this song's gorgeous. If there's a, a Christmas movie and you hear the start of this, you know you're in for a good time. And in fact, um, doing some research, I forgot that she is actually in Lethal Weapon, which is a great Christmas action film. Yeah. So not only is she doing a great Christmas single, she's also in a great Christmas action film too. Yeah, it's a brilliant track. It's perfect sort of like Motown um, sort of sound to it. She's got a, a gorgeous voice and I will big up Slow Club, Self Esteem, who's done a great cover of it as well, which you can check out for further listening. I will uh, dampen the vibe a little bit, <laughs> I think. So I actually didn't really know this song that well, maybe because, you know, I'm not such a Christmassy person and I don't watch that many Christmas films. So it, it was one of those where I'm like, oh yeah, I think I know this, but not not very well. So definitely underplayed. And like, like, I think both of you, I absolutely loved her voice. But I wasn't particularly blown away by it because I think there was something that felt a bit cynical to me about it. I was like, oh, yeah, this sounds like 60s girls group stuff. But OK, it's been written for Christmas. And I I, I don't know, you know, sometimes that bothers me more more than other times. But because I don't have a, a particular association with that album or with 60s girls group, even I was like, it's fine. Like, I liked it, but, you know, it's not one, unfortunately, that I would add to, to my Bar Humbug playlist. But I did also research about The Lethal Weapon, and um, it was interesting to see that this wasn't a big hit at the time. It kind of became more of a sort of cult classic, and then 
mainstream and mm-hmm. uh, she's in the rock and roll hall of fame yeah. which is pretty cool and she's still with us so that's that was interesting but yeah for the for the song i was like good yeah, it's, it's so, fine like going back to your like cynicism comment for me the thing is this i think like i'm i'm probably wrong here but for me this is like the first album that did that like it kind of like before that christmas had mm. all been like your frank sinatra's your andy williams your 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 mm. bing crosby like um and then like this was just like sod it let's just do a super like in your face and and yeah like they're not all great i mean that that like some of them are pretty they're, they're just basically a christmas tune kind of kids christmas tune just like with a polish like the wall of sound polish but this one is just yeah i just think it's pure joy i think like 50 percent of that album is amazing miraculous stuff and the the other half they're they're just kind of scraping by by just like turning everything up you know and really polishing it um and i think darlene mm-hmm. love like i think this was like her kind of first chance to actually be in the limelight because i think she had done a lot of backing vocals i think she had been in kind of the 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 phil specter community um for a few years but yeah for me, like I say, it's a joyous classic. Um, very well. Yeah, f- in, fair enough. In Gremlins. <laughs> I think Gremlins was when I first kind of like first heard it as a kid. I can definitely get on board with the kind of melancholy lyrics that hide, you know, underneath a, a more seemingly cheerful song. And yeah, I take I take your point that this might have been one of the first ones. But yeah, for me, I was like, oh, I I think I'd just rather have. A straightforward '60s girl band song than than a Christmas version because I am a bar humbuggy kind of person. I, I guess. thought this was going to be one one that would would get Babs win Babs over, you know. <laughs> just you wait, just you wait. <laughs> what, what's your next? The pick, next Richard? one will be. Um, I'm going to go for Little Drummer Boy, not the not the David Bowie, uh, Crosby version, um, but the Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Um, version mm-hmm. which is, is one of those ones that I really only recently discovered five or six years ago but I don't know why it's not but I I hadn't heard it before I don't I think it's one that slips under the radar but yeah it's just a great and I wanted to include this as a kind of counterpoint to the shins because it's it's it is a cover version that kind of reinvents it and, and takes it in a ballsy new direction. And it's just, yeah, Joan Jett all over, proper like sleazy, almost hair metal guitar and just, yeah, great voice. And and yeah, it's, it's a great tune. And I mean, little drummer boy, who would have thought that you could just turn it into a proper balls to the wall rock, rock mm-hmm. anthem? Yeah, I'm surprised I'm not hurt. I, I, I'd never heard this before, which is surprising. But like, like obviously, since he's a big artist, but um, yeah, it's better than the uh, awkward um, David Bowie version, which you get occasionally. Um, yeah, it's got yeah, it, it's got some surprising sort of like guitar sections as as it goes along. It's sort of yeah, it's uh, it rocks out. It's like like I said, it's, it's uh, surprising for a lot of Christmas songs. It's a bit more melancholy. So yeah, I enjoyed it, and thank you for introducing it to me. But interesting, we have a band up in a while who apparently their biggest hit is a cover of this, which I didn't know as well. But I will mention that later on. Oh, I, okay. I, I think I might know who it is, yeah, but maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, so, Richard, again, thank you very much for introducing me to this, because this this was the one where I was like, this was my favourite, I think, of all the songs that you picked. I also didn't know it, which is surprising given that it is from I Love Rock mm, and Roll. Yeah. <laughs> it is from that album. Um, 
but please can we have more Christmas songs with, with guitar solos and and some lovely tight drums I loved her really snotty voice and but also how she rolls her R's it's pum. I think that really makes it the fact that she really sounds like a, a drum the key change didn't even bother me loved loved the guitar solos I would say that I recommend listening to the Daddy Warhols version of Little Drummer Boy that's a bit more kind of uh guitar-y but more psychedelic shoegazy of course uh but yeah I absolutely love this song and I I prepared for this last night but I actually kind of for fun listened to that today as well and I'm I really enjoyed it so thank you very much this was uh the song that I was mentioning I was happy to be introduced okay to. this was the one I'm, I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad we now yeah but I mean for me it also doesn't outstay its welcome it's it's quite it's like it just gets in there does its thing has a good guitar solo and then it's just like out of there and and yeah i have to say i'm not really a big fan of of her and the bands like joan jet like she's got a few classics but i yeah it's i think she's someone you need to dip into because yeah i think apart from i love rock and roll i listen to crimson and clover which is also from this album because i read a greenlandic book yes <laughs> it happened a greenlandic queer book that someone somewhere recommended that was very good and that song featured quite prominently like it kept coming up as a as a theme and that sounded completely different to I Love Rock and Roll, but I didn't really like it. But this I did. And I was listening to other parts of the album. And I was like, okay, they're definitely not like, I think you would associate that I Love Rock and Roll sound with them, but that is too, um, yeah, that, that's not fair. I think there's there's a lot more depth to them, but I think you have to pick and choose maybe the songs that you listen to. Is your third pick a rocky one or not so much, Richard? Not so much. So, um <laughs> It's quite timely, I guess. So I've gone for Just Like Christmas um, by Low, um, mm. which is another one that for me is like deeply, deeply melancholic, obviously, um, and and kind of has a throwback feel, like with the tinny sound and everything. But it's just like a warm blanket of a song at Christmas. It's kind of like doesn't want to be Christmassy, but it's still like more Christmassy than than a lot of a, uh, an arc of Michael Bublé. You know, this for me is like <laughs> way more Christmassy. Um, and obviously it was a, I've never been a big fan of Low, um, to be honest. So you guys could probably like talk about Low more than me. Um, but obviously sad to hear about uh, Mimi Parker um, earlier this year. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, this is just one of those songs. It's simple quite straightforward but yeah it's just it's just really a warm blanket of a song like I said um it's got those bells and it sounds like it's all been recorded on like the tinier sound system as well like it's got mm. that real kind of noisiness to it um but yeah what did you guys think so this is a song that I discovered on another one of those indie uh alternative Christmas albums <laughs> I, I don't really know Low. It's uh, I think I think her voice is, is fantastic and I really love like the kind of like timpani yeah. drums and the sleigh bell production and the harmonies and yeah it's lo-fi and it, it um it could maybe end slightly early it does kind of repeat itself at the end but um yeah I think it's a gorgeous Christmas song to be fair um it really gets you gets you in the mood. So apparently this was on my bar humbug Christmas list but I kind of forgotten <laughs> about it. I quite enjoy the lo-fi-ness of it the tinniness as you say and. You know, because they are Mormons, like another one of our picks coming up, and this is from a, a Christmas album. Um, I really enjoyed a description of that this Christmas album as the religious album even heathens can love. <laughs> and when it comes to Low, 
I think I think we can. But it her repeating it was just like Christmas really grated on me. <laughs> I feel like if you could halve that throughout the song, it would make it so 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 much better. But it was one of those again. I prepared last night. And then I listened again this morning. I much preferred it today in the evening as opposed to like yesterday during the day when I was preparing. So maybe it is one that you have to kind of be in the mood for. But yeah, when it comes to Low, um, obviously one of those bands with a, you know, such a big back catalogue. I am obsessed with the song Monkey. And I think I've kind of stuck with that song because when I've gone into the album where that comes from, it's very different again. And you know, they it's, it's it's very sad because I didn't realize until she passed away that they were a couple that were together from high school and carried on living in the town that they grew up in as a band. And, and that was the um, that was what it was. And just before she died, they called out MIA because I don't know if you've seen, but MIA has been going down this anti-vaxxer madness mm-hmm. route. And um, I, Alan quote tweeted one of her tweets being like, do you want to come and see how Mimi's breathing right now? And it was really like, oh, <laughs> like burn. Uh, but as much as I, I love MIA and I'm just like with Azalea Banks, I'm just I'm just ignoring what she's saying. I'm just like, la, please come on. I can't I can't handle this. But anyway, so, yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me that they have a song like this. And I think I would really enjoy a kind of lo fi, low sound. But yeah, just just that little bit shorter in the chorus, I would say, to make it a perfect yeah, song. No, I, I definitely agree. It's it's it does get repetitive towards the end. And and it has to be said, like, I'm not a big fan of the album overall. Like the, their Christmas mm. album gets a bit, yeah, a bit much by the end. But yeah, just for me, like when I hear those like initial kind of sleigh bells and 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 actually the, the lyrics, they're, they're simple, but they're quite touching in a way. I mean, the statement about like it basically starts off. It's really snowy, like it's it's really Christmassy, but it doesn't feel like Christmas. And then by the end, it's just like mm. we're just hanging out and we're and yeah, you can be anywhere. And and so long as you're with with nice people and and it's uh, a good company, then uh, yeah, it feels like Christmas. Yeah, apparently in America, they did a the first time that John Boy was on a Gap advert. So in America, most people know them from that song more than anything. This is interesting. Ah, so this was um, the band that you were... So have you heard that version, Richard, the Little Drummer no. Boy version? No, I Hello? haven't. Uh, yeah, mm. so apparently that is, yeah. It went, it, I guess it was the uh, the Lily Allen. Uh, <laughs> John <laughs> Lewis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've now noticed that that song is now on Christmas, Christmas playlists. It's a Keen song. It's not Christmassy <laughs> at all. You can't like it. But once the association yeah. is made, oh, well, I mean, yeah. for me, so actually, one of the songs that I was on my short list that in the end I I went for a little drummer boy instead was um, uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Power of Love, because for me that feels mm-hmm. like a Christmas song, even though I'm pretty sure it doesn't mm. say anything about Christmas no. in the song. It was a Christmas number one. They made a Christmassy video, but it's just. It's weird how these songs that have no no real like connection. It's like yeah, like stand stand of a day, literally yes. no words in that at all. But they, they are they are in snow in the music video. Yes. So what's your fourth pick, Richard? Mormons again, partly Mormon, shall we say? So I've gone for the Killers, Elton John, and Neil Tennant. Uh, I think they they're all on this, and it's uh, mm-hmm. Joseph, better you than me, which is one of the one of the many many. Uh, Christmas songs that the Killers put out, kind of between I think it was like 2006 onwards, uh, for for a few years, um, and and once again this is just another song that honestly like I love it, 
and I, I, I never understand why it isn't more. It's probably the, the religious, like just the, the pure religious aspect of it. It's, it's full on rock opera. It starts very slow. It's, it's a real grower. It kind of starts, starts a bit slow, builds and builds and builds. Elton John comes in, latter day Elton John with his deep gravelly kind of voice. Latter yeah. day saints. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice. nice. Um, and yeah, I just think this is one of those songs that is is very killers, very kind of like they say to Elton John. Uh, it's got a bit of Neil Tennant in there as well, uh, which I think we all we can all agree on is always a good addition. Richard and I have seen Pet Shop Boys together live, yeah. And yeah, it just really, yeah, it's the song that always carries me, even though it's a bit, it's a bit of a long one as well. But it's it's like full on rock opera. It just goes and goes and goes, and they they keep on taking it up and taking it up. So, what did you guys think? I am I've been aware of the Killers' Christmas singles, but I think their best one is a great big sled with Tony Holiday is my favourite one. And I completely forgot about this when I had to listen to it. I was like, "Fuck, was, that, was Elton John on, <laughs> and there was that one on a Killers song?" I completely forgot. And I think Elton takes a look takes most of the vocal like i wish i had more neil tent to be fair when he comes in it's like ah oh, finally a bit of neil but i'm also kind of like shocked that they were happy to sing with lyrics so I, I assume they're not that christian are they out and neil it's kind of like a very christian kind of uh... well neil i would say not given you know it's a sin but elton john yeah. knows. i don't know maybe um it's a little bit country in this in its, in its in the foundations of the song, um, I like I would prefer it, a more of a new wave killer's feel. I think that's kind of lost, and it, it does go on a little bit too much for me. So I wouldn't say it's a standout on their Christmas album. Um, yeah, for me, um, I like Boots Christmas in LA and uh, a Big Sled are my top three killer's Christmas singles. Yeah, Big Sled is it's always a popular one. I I I I think it kind of steals the limelight somewhat. I think I'm not a big fan of. Big red sled. Is it big red sled? Great, great big red. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a good tune, but yeah, as I say, for me, like, and and yes, it's it is definitely leaning into the Bruce Springsteen kind of rock opera feel rather than the. Uh... And there you've brought in precisely <laughs> why, because uh, yeah, I was like, well, I really hope Fran has nice things to say about this because I and I was thinking he might because I definitely got a Bruce Springsteen vibe and it definitely sounds like the Killers to me. But yes, I'm afraid this is very much not my cup of tea. I I will say that the harmonies are nice and like Fran really enjoyed when Neil Tennant came in. I was like, oh, finally, but he comes in for like a line and that's it it seems but that section where it's like and the desert it's a hell of a place to find heaven 40 years lost in the wilderness looking for god it it's a parody like honestly i was like if someone asked to do like a bruce springsteen <laughs> parody like um so i would say this was perhaps my least favorite on the, on the list but again you know didn't know this existed i know that the killers are massive pet shop boys fans so i'm sure that you know brandon and kai were we're happy to do this with them but um again you know i mentioned the whole low being a, an albums that heathens would enjoy and it is quite interesting when you read about kind of the role of religion in low because it is they're so misanthropic and that's not normally what you'd associate with religion but i think that would be more what i would associate with religion i think with like i, I i've mentioned this before but brandon flowers just seems so humanist when it comes to that and when it comes to kind of american exceptionalism and stuff like that i just 
I, ca- I can't take it seriously. So, and unfortunately, it ticked a lot of boxes that I that I disliked. Having seen <laughs> uh, the killers numerous times, I can attest that uh, Mr. Flowers is he's as smiley as you would imagine. Jose is singing Feliz Navidad. <laughs> he's always he looks is he's, he's, he's a a showman, but it's a little bit too quiz showman for me. Yeah, if you if you're not into the killers going full on killers. Yeah, I could see how this might be a bit too much. But for me, like, I just feel it's sincere in a weird way. You say it's a parody, Babs, but it's a parody because it's so sincere that they don't realise how like OTT they're being. I can believe that. I do like the title. Like when I saw the title, Joseph Better Than You Than Me, I was like, well, that's quite cinematic, actually. Like, is it a man wrestling with his role? But it's like, no, the desert, it's a hell of a place to find heaven. Cinematic is a good word for it. I mean, I love like, I'm a proper like, I love when music just goes full on like cinematic, like Mm. brings in like all the all the tricks. And yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because it's a Christmas song that is about something that you, I mean, no one ever really like deals with. The Joseph aspect. So yes, it's pretty religious. But... Guys, at Christmas this year, think about Joseph. That's the message that we're leaving with you. I mean, going along with the vibe of the podcast, I did notice a YouTube comment said that uh, Joseph definitely the most underrated man in the Bible. Because <laughs> <laughs> there is an there is an over and underrated verse of the Bible. So, okay, so, so are you saying that Jesus is yeah, overrated? Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hot take. Okay. Un- underrated, underrated Holy Ghost. <laughs> We're going to Christmas past. Uh, I, I'm i going to love explaining this to my very Catholic grandmother at Christmas, <laughs> this discussion that we're having. Okay, well, let's very likely take religion out of it and come to your very surprising final yes, pick, it's Richard. very surprising. I think uh, I'm it definitely is very surprising. going to... Uh, I, I mean, this is full on, like, I, I doubt it's underrated, but um, so it's going to be the Queen of Christmas herself. I don't think it's trademarked anymore. <laughs> Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You, uh, which for me, like, flat out is always, like, I just full, it's full on the best one of, the, no, the best Christmas song. I'm going to go there. It's the best. You The best Christmas here. song. Yeah, it's just just pure joy, ecstatic. Um, I guess, I don't know. I don't know if it has kind of peaked in terms of, is it now cool to dislike that song? Uh, I I definitely think like that's one of the many many sins of love actually is ruining that song for me, but yeah, um, it's great. It's got fevered piano, got yeah, it's just full on belter, a, a Christmas belter. I always forget uh, what period this came out for Mariah because because obviously there's like the more classic singer like Celine Dion Mariah, and then she became that sort of more R and B. Butterfly Mariah, and was this like in between? I think it was gap? in between because it's ninety four. Mm, yeah. uh, okay, and I think I was quite old and to find out that she wrote it. I, I just thought it was, it was like a, a famous Motown song because it does it doesn't yeah, sound nineties to me. It sounds like it's yeah that, that, that late sixties. So that, yeah, the yeah, full yeah. spectrum kind of sound to it, yeah. isn't it? But um, yeah, unfortunately, it's it's a fucking brilliant <laughs> song, isn't it? Really, unfortunately, um, <laughs> you know, you can't hate, you can't really hate it, can you? Guys, I'm gonna agree with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> She does loads of, of horrible adverts in the UK regarding it constantly. She must make a fucking million 
But yeah, but go for it, Mariah. It's a you, you did you did a good it's job. It's one of those songs that we're once again like, okay, she's definitely not a Phil Spector. We're not gonna go there. But you have to kind of separate <laughs> the art from the artist. I'm not a big Mariah Carey mm. fan. She's definitely kind of uh, yeah, her days of like diva stardom are behind her. But, and she keeps on just recycling this song. I mean, I feel like every Christmas she's released yet another version, somehow tweaked, but the the original is. To be fair, I can't think of the last song I knew she released. Well, it's the song, that I can't remember the title for me, the one that she goes on YouTube, YouTube, that one, which I think is around <laughs> like amazing. 2012. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it is, honestly, hang on. I have to Google Mariah Carey she's not, done, she's not done TikTok now as a, as a new version oh, of it. Well, that's... TikTok, TikTok. <laughs> <It's> TikTok. <laughs> but no, just to say, I, I, I agree with you. I think the reason why this song doesn't annoy me and i would wholeheartedly agree with it being underrated is because it builds like it is not one song like okay you might know that all i want for christmas is you but there's so much going on it starts very quietly then all the bells and whistles come in but actually i'd forgotten the bit after the is it the second chorus where it takes another direction completely before coming back again and i mean she is for me one of the best voices of all time Hmm. really like Phenomenal range, phenomenal control. Um, and I don't know if you guys have heard, but did you know that she made a grunge album in the 90s? No. <laughs> right, so she she made a grunge album in the 90s. Her label were like, fuck no, you're not releasing that. But she announced recently that she was going to release it. And I'm like, I cannot fucking wait. To, to is that is that, that is that post Alanis was that or pre Alanis? Oh, uh, I would say around the same time. I think it was oh, like no. mid late 90s. So it's not so even been released. 95, 97? It's not been released because her label didn't let her release it, but now she's like, bring it on. But I mean, it has had 1.329 billion plays on Spotify. But still, I'm like, again, I'm with you on this, Richard. Like, I think the song is underrated, right? Like, because the song itself is underrated because people just associate it with Christmas, but it is a good song. I mean, for me, like the... Yeah, I think the bit you were talking about is when like the the crazy kind of piano kicks in. Um, and if mm-hmm. if there's going to be like one tiny, tiny kind of a criticism of me, I'm actually not a big fan of the backing vocals. I think it kind of hampers the tune somewhat because it's kind of like a bit off. It sounds like someone trying to do kind of old school backing vocals. The harmonization is a little like astray, but that's a tiny, tiny, tiny criticism. <laughs> There was a viral video of uh, a few years ago where someone was like, when you do the backing vocals for All I Want For Christmas With You, and it's just someone kind of nodding along to the backing track where like all the song plays and then every now and again it goes, and I, and then stops for like another minute. And then it goes, Ooh, and that's it, which is quite funny. Like apparently this song never got to number one in the UK that year because Stay Another Day did. It might now, right? Yes. No, I'm sure it has since. But Stay Another Day stole stole its thunder, apparently. Oh, so wow. That is very surprising. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know. At the time, I could kind of see it. Um, but no, it's it's a classic. I agree. So, yeah, um, I was asked to give you an underrated Christmas song. And I have chosen the band from Denmark called Mew, with She Came Home for Christmas. Tune. A banger, and I remember driving to Southampton Virgin Mega Store, Mega Store, and buying all four copies of the single, and then I gave them to my friends for Christmas. Aww. And uh, yeah, yes, I, mean, I think it's a, a splendid Christmas song. 
the lyrics a bit too dark. Um, ignore the lyrics. <laughs> what, what are the lyrics about? <laughs> I, I've got a feeling it's a, it's a little bit rapey. Oh no! Like it ends with which we get, yeah when he touched her at the end. It's the it's, it's, it's the last lyric. I'm like, oh okay. okay but I mean, there might be consent. Mm. You don't know. No. Mm. Okay. So yeah, so that's my that's my underrated uh, Christmas song that one ever hears. Uh, my underrated Christmas song is "All I Want for Christmas Is Rock and Roll." By La Wise Man, also known as La Priest, who is Sam from Late of the Pier. Uh, ah. It's a really great song, as you can imagine from the title. It definitely gets you in the mood for that. It's quite, it's quite a catchy chorus. Do, do you know it, Richard? Because we actually saw La. I don't know if you no, remember, but we saw La Priest together at Do a Festival, whenever it was that we went, uh, and it was one man <laughs> on the keyboard, and it, it very much wasn't this, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I will look it up. That was a, yeah, that was a, a baptism oh, by oh, fire yeah. at Dua Festival. <laughs> I did not know what to expect. So, in Fran, just to contextualise it, so Dua is this really fantastic music festival in Belgium. It's very like, it's like genre blending. So there's like metal, but also trance, yeah. but also techno. But it is also the druggiest festival in Belgium. And so, rich... so like best, like best of all in the UK, maybe. I think druggier, no. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah, it's it's proper like yeah, in your face, and actually, apparently, it's the birthplace of Psytrance. Oh, I've been I told. I don't know how a festival is the birthplace <laughs> of anything, apart from a literal human being, maybe. But uh, yeah, Psytrance apparently is uh, it's the the home of Psytrance. Um, Richard and his fiance Radica went for the whole time, and I on a whim just joined them on a Saturday, and already when I got there, like th- there was there was trauma in their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> not so much my eyes i think it was secondhand trauma i think uh as her second festival ever it was quite a quite a experience yeah. i just remember her saying that um she was trying to read a book and people were not happy about her reading a book and i was like oh that's sad <laughs> i think the <laughs> the the uh the one big mo- memory is watching snoop dog say say I'm pretty sure he said this, is anyone having a good time rather than <laughs> is everyone having a good time? It might have just been his accent, but I could have sworn he said that a couple of times. And yeah. And and then he got I think he got arrested the next day for possession of many, many weeds. So <laughs> there you go. Sounds <laughs> weird. A good, a good festival. I, re- I recommend it if you know what to what to expect. Uh, but we've got gone off the, the Christmas christmas theme somewhat let's try and wrap this up yes so yeah thank you richard for for coming on and for your your very diverse christmas playlist like definitely a mix of like pop and rock of uh of all sorts of elements um you know normally we ask if uh, our guests have anything they want to plug i don't know if there's there's anything you want to uh promote whether it's something that you're doing or a charity that you like or a band that you think that people should really listen to because they're underrated but the floor is yours I will probably say no, I don't want to plug anything, but thank you for asking. <laughs> um, I will just plug Christmas because God knows, I think we it, all it, it need It does need a plug. It's been put <laughs> under the radar for the past 100 years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of this little thing called Christmas. Um, but no, thank, uh, thank you for having me. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And yeah, likewise, I, I hope you guys get a, a good break over the, the holidays and into the new year. Uh, it's been a been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Anything to add, Fran? <laughs> Sorry, I love doing this. 
every now and again. You know, Christmas isn't just one day. There's also Boxing Day. So if you can uh, write in your favourite Boxing Day related songs, I'd be oh. happy to hear them. Are, are there are there songs that works? Well, that's immediately made me want to go and look at. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if someone's actually done that. Okay, there we go. That's how we. That's how we're going to end this. We've decided. Okay, Boxing Day songs. Please write in. But no, have a wonderful holiday period, whether you're Mormon or atheist or otherwise. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for season six, which will come out at some point in 2023. Bye-bye. Bye. Ho, 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 ho. It's I again, Santa Fran. Thank you for listening to our Christmas special. Ho, 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 ho. I do hope you've all been very, very good this year and have enjoyed your Christmas present from us to your ear hole. If you would like to get in touch with us, please be our guest. We are on Twitter at OUMusicPod. We are on Instagram at OverUnderratedMusicPod. We're now on YouTube at OverUnderratedMusicPodcast. And of course, you can get in touch via email at OverUnderratedMusicPod at gmail.com dot com and a special thank you to mark abbott for the logo ho 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 have a merry christmas and a happy new year see you next year for season six goodbye